Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 212. Well, who could have thunk it? Who could have imagined? We're doing a Super Bowl preview and we're still talking about those overrated, past their prime, perpetual underdog Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get to that in a moment. We also have another major announcement. But first, here's what missed the cut. Jokic beats Giannis in a battle of MVPs. At least Giannis showed up for it. American Airlines makes special flights from Kansas City to Vegas. And Draymond smacks or fouls, depending on how you want to look at it, Anthony Davis. But the other news is Demonze is back. We thought it might be, you know, that he was month to month. Certainly was going to be week to week. Turned out only had to be day to day. Demonze, I'm thrilled you're back. I'm happy you're not having to go under the knife. Uh, Me too. I didn't tell the audience what the injury was. If you want to share it, you can. I just said you hurt your leg playing basketball. I don't know if you want to share your private medical info or not. Leave it as it is. (laughs) Uh, People are hitting me up saying all types of different things. You know, your ACL, meniscus. (laughs) Go ahead. So, Demonze hurt himself playing basketball. We thought he was going to have to have surgery, but he doesn't. And so he's got a cool cast. Pretty soon he's going to be one of the best one-legged scooter guys around Los Angeles, and he's going to be cooking. (laughs) And so uh, I also accidentally, I think, Demonze, because I felt so sick for you that you were injured, if you review the tape from Thursday, I almost, I think, recommended people slide into your DMs, and then I realized what I was saying, and so I tried to pull it back. I didn't really know what I was saying. I just felt sick that you were on the other side of the country in massive pain and probably lonely and sad. Uh, But I'm glad you're back. It's great to see you. Um, And we got a lot to do today. So let's get... Oh, yeah, there we go. Good to know. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. All right, so Demonze, uh, let's get to the uh, news of championship weekend, which was, of course, my guy beating your guy. But go ahead. Your guy beating my guy. Honestly, man, I got to say, this is a win-win yeah. situation for me. If Lamar's not getting it, I'm glad yeah. Mahomes can. So, obviously, Mahomes yep. and the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. Uh, nobody mm-hmm. saw this coming. Not even you. You were kind of doubting him a couple weeks ago. You thought the Bills were going to oh, beat him. stop it. But, um, no, that never but yes. happened, and you know it. Go ahead. Who do you, who mm-hmm. do you think deserves the most credit for the success 
uh, between Reed, Mahomes, and you. Okay, so I obviously don't deserve credit for the success. I do deserve credit for having this crazy belief that we're going to not pretend all of NFL history started September 7th of this year. And this is where I want to get into the Chiefs conversation because it has been maddening all season. It has been beyond maddening the, through the first two rounds of the playoffs. And then this morning, I found myself even angrier. And so, you know, life works in mysterious ways. I I was woken up at 5 in the morning today because Dexter, our dog, who sleeps on the... I don't know, the entry level of the house, and it has a nice little area, but he's gated off, just decided, nope, I'm ready to get up, and found a way to open up his gate, came and laid right next to me wh- where I sleep, uh, on the ground. And he was just laying there looking at me, like, I want to I wanna be taken out, I want to hang out. So I got up early this morning, very early, and I had nothing to do. So I'm like, you know what? I haven't, yesterday was so busy and hectic with the TV show. I haven't listened to all my favorite NFL recap podcasts that I usually listen to, you know, throughout Monday and then into Tuesday. So I gave them a, you know, gave them a whirl. And I can't believe what I heard from some of my favorite analysts about this football game. I cannot believe that as the Chiefs are 12 days away from playing in the last game of the year, the conversation surrounding them is still what they don't do great rather than recognizing what they have done this postseason. The Kansas City Chiefs entered this postseason and proved they had the roster versatility and depth to play three totally different styles of playoff games in any conditions, in any setting, against the hands-down three best other teams in the AFC. And they kicked all of their asses. Okay, round one, Miami. Do we have a team that is tough enough and built with enough depth that we can handle one of the three coldest football games ever played and make it look like it's a normal game? Yes, we can. Can they? Absolutely not. Check one. Buffalo. Can we totally... Throw at Buffalo a defensive game plan Josh Allen has never seen before where we just give him the underneath, give it to him all day, never take it away, dare you to do it while not allowing anything over the top and on the flip side, 
our allegedly broken offense? Can it go up and down the field? And this was the most underrated stat of this postseason. Can we average nearly nine yards per play until the kneel downs against that Bills team? The most of any playoff game of the Mahomes era. Yes. Can we dominate that game where we're underdogs on the road against a team that everyone in the media but me thought might win the Super Bowl? That everyone in the media swore was a legitimate championship contender with a legitimate MVP quarterback that was the hottest team in the league. Can we dominate that game so thoroughly that we fumble the ball at the one-yard line going in to score and win anyway? Yes, we can. Despite Buffalo never turning it over. Yep, we can do that. And then Baltimore. Can we design in six days a game plan that is the polar opposite of what Buffalo did, Buffalo's game plan? Instead of daring them to take the underneath, instead of giving them the running lanes to protect over the top, do the exact opposite. Leave our corners out on islands to go heat up the MVP, a team that by DVOA and smart people stats was one of the most dominant teams from start to finish in NFL history. Can we make them look totally out of sorts? Yeah, we can do that too. And the takeaway for some people is that, ah, Baltimore did it to themselves. The takeaway is, how? How'd they do it to themselves? Tell me. Tell me when Baltimore did it to themselves. Tell well, me. Well, I just know that they I just know that they didn't run the ball as, as much as they do. I think right. that probably exactly. played play That's a little- what everybody is fucking saying. Do you oh, think there's a reason? Do you think you're Baltimore saying, you're saying forgot the reason- that was available? Or do right. you think the Chiefs' defensive game plan was put them in fronts and looks where they feel like passing is the better option? Do we think Baltimore, which has dominated running the football for six years in the biggest game they've played, forgot about it or were first forced out of it by the best defense in the NFL? Because that's what Kansas City is. And that's what everyone has missed all year. Going into the Baltimore game, all we heard about was this dominant Ravens defense. Well, let's look at the numbers. The Ravens defense this year was number six in yards allowed. The Chiefs were number two. The Ravens defense was number one in points allowed, 16 and a half. The Chiefs were number two, 17.3. However, the Ravens defense this year forced 31 turnovers. The Chiefs forced only 17. The Ravens didn't turn the ball over. The Chiefs turned it over a ton. The Ravens had the number one turnover differential. The Chiefs had the fifth worst. So there's a number of ways to look at that. But one of them is this. Absent turnovers, the Chiefs have been the most dominant team in the league defensively, despite not forcing the turnovers. And if and when they do 
get some of that turnover luck. Some of those fumbles bounce their way. Some of those tip passes, they end up picking off. The defense will be even better. And so, yeah, people can say Baltimore got out of what they needed to do. But just like Buffalo fumbled on their first play of the game, threw a cross-field lateral on their third play of the game, and ran a fake punt in a three-point game in the fourth quarter. You know why teams do weird shit when they're playing the Chiefs? Because staring across the sideline and seeing Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid terrifies them. Because they don't think they're going to be able to win 17-14. They think they are going to have to score 30. So they do weird stuff because you've got a superhero on the other side of the field. Every team in the league is afraid of the Chiefs. While the media, I had to listen to three weeks ago, people were honest to God having this discussion. All right, obviously the Ravens are the best team, and obviously the Bills are the second best team. But if it's not one of those teams... Who do you like out of the AFC? And there's not a straw man. Everyone knows it happened. I had to listen to people saying, well, if it's not Ravens or Bills, you know the team I'd look out for? The Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco. There was more faith in that Browns team than this Chiefs team. And then this week, there's been no mea culpas. The only thing has been, oh, never doubt Mahomes. All these shows that have picked against the Chiefs every round. They're, it's now like they just found out Patrick Mahomes exists. They're like, oh, well, now we know. Until, you know, in 10 days when they're going to pick Brock Purdy to beat him. But set that aside. So let's then talk about the other part of this that nobody understands. The bad officiating? What was the bad officiating, Demonte? No, we'll, you I was know, we'll just, get to I was, what I was, was going to say I was just taking no, like, a little, like a little, little mini shot. I know there were some some bad calls in there. What I do it? notice that the announcer was like, what oh, the ball was already there before the interference came. It was the last play of the game. The ball definitely wasn't there. But that's like a, that's like a little thing. Like I feel like that type of stuff gets miscalled throughout the entire game. Um but okay. uh, but no, so I don't think the refs. You know what? Let's deal with the officiating now. Let's. I was going to talk about the Chiefs' offense. Let's deal with the officiating now. Baltimore had so the the foul discrepancy was massive because Baltimore committed five 15 yard personal foul penalties because they were an undisciplined, immature team on Sunday. But let's talk about all five. Okay, there is one when Kyle Van Noy right in front of the official. Headbutts Travis Kelsey. You can say don't call it, but that's a personal foul. There was a second one when Jadavion Clowney leads with his head into Mahomes' helmet. We can say the NFL's soft. You can say whatever. Everyone who watches football knows that has been called all for five years now against every quarterback. That's except for maybe, unfortunately. Uh, Justin Fields. He doesn't get those calls. Everyone else seems to. That's two. The third one was a play that should have been a 30-yard personal foul when the D lineman, I mean, clotheslines Mahomes in the face, rips, rips his head back, and then drops a people's elbow on him on the ground. 
That was the third. The fourth one was the Zay Flowers taunting, which you can hate, but if you push a guy really down, stupid. spin the ball, really and flex, that's a, that's a dumb play by Zay Flowers. And the fifth one, the Ravens wanted to do. That was the intentional offsides, but that ended up being 15 yards because they didn't want the Chiefs to have first and five. So all five personal fouls were legit. That's the first point. The second point, if we are going to parse, oh, but they might have missed a pass interference when the Ravens were down 10 with two and a half minutes remaining, then let's also discuss the fact that Chris Jones got leg-whipped and tripped trip. in the end zone <laughs> And that's a safety. That's not a that's that that's a safety. That's then 19 to 7. Or we could discuss the fact that the Chiefs, for the second time this postseason, the Chiefs who get all the calls, for the second time in three games in the playoffs, have had a touchdown on a screen pass to Rasheed Rice taken off the board due to a phantom holding penalty. I I'll give someone it, it I don't want to the I'll give you Demonze a thousand dollars if you can show me the hold that took away a 40 yard Rasheed Rice touchdown. So the officiating stuff is just losers whining. The, the could there have been a pass interference called right before the Ravens kicked the field goal? Absolutely. No doubt. Just like there could have been a safety called when Chris Jones got, when Gus Edwards did a damn karate kick to Chris Jones' thigh to have been a safety. He did the Draymond. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, yes, of course. But the idea that the, uh, the whistle went drastic in one direction is not accurate to the scenario. But what I was getting to was people are pointing out, oh, Chiefs struggled offensively in the second half. To a degree, yes, and to a degree, no. So, yes, in that the Ravens did figure some things out, and that is a great defense. But what nobody seems to recognize, and it's so painfully obvious if you're looking at this with any type of clear eyes, is the the Chiefs were up 10 for every second of the second half until the final possession. As long as they had a two-score lead and were dominating the Ravens when the Ravens had the ball, the Chiefs' offensive approach was going to be no mistakes allowed. So were there likely throws Mahomes could have made, but it would have been a tight window Because the Chiefs' receivers aren't good enough to get wide open against a great Ravens defense. Yes. Were there plays that if the Chiefs had to move the ball, Mahomes would have taken the chance? Of course. But because Patrick Mahomes, unlike some of his contemporaries, is a grown adult quarterback that understands situational football, he decided, I'm not putting the ball in jeopardy. And it is, and the fact that nobody has seemed to square the circle of, oh, wait, what was the one drive the Chiefs in the second half threw the ball deep downfield and converted? Oh, yeah, it was the one drive where if they don't convert, 
the Ravens get the ball back down just one score. The play to MBS. Every other time the Chiefs had the ball, Mahomes knew if this ends in a punt, the worst case scenario is I get the ball back with the lead. So just have it end in a punt unless something is wide open and easy. It was the old Andy Reid shutdown mode in the AFC title game. And folks are so desperate to have the Chiefs be this high-flying team. They fail to recognize that Mahomes, after his one bad playoff half ever, that game against Cincinnati, has done two things. He has stopped flinging it downfield in the postseason and also stopped taking sacks or turning the ball over. In that time, the team is 6-0. and Mahomes has zero uh, interceptions. He has, in those six games, taken a total of five sacks. And he is protecting the ball at all costs. Because here's the other thing Mahomes knows. I'll throw a trivia question at you, Demonze. In the last five years, the Chiefs have played 26 games in the playoffs and regular season. From 2018 to right now. Since the, the I'm sorry, 2019 to right now. The last five years. Since they started winning Super Bowls to right now. They've played 26 games where Mahomes had zero turnovers. What do you think their record is in those games? Where he has zero turnovers games. out of 20, 26 where games? Mo- <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'd, Playoffs I'd say 26, 20, 26 and 0. 25 and 1. Almost. 25 and 1. 25 right. and 1. So he's he is recognized, especially with this defense. We have a lead on Baltimore that doesn't that can't move the football. Why would I put the ball in jeopardy? So I do this twenty minute rant because I I can't believe we are in the midst. We are one game away from the Kansas City Chiefs having finished by any metric the greatest five-year run in the history of the league. I will say that again. One win away from the Chiefs having executed the greatest five-year run in the history of the league. Only one other team in any five-year stretch in NFL history has won three Super Bowls, been to four, and that's the 2014 to 2018 Patriots. Both of those teams in the one year they didn't win the Super or make the Super Bowl, lost in the conference championship game, and the Chiefs have bettered them in the regular season by two wins. So they will have the same postseason resume, same postseason all of it, and two regular season wins better. One and nothing else comes close. The 01 to 05 Patriots went to three Super Bowls, but in 05 didn't go to the conference title game, and in 02 missed the playoffs. The 91 to 95 Cowboys went to three Super Bowls, won them, but 90, uh, in 93 they lost in the conference title game, and in 95 didn't get there. Or I have those years wrong, but 92 to 96, whatever it is. The... The Steelers won four out of six, but the two years in between didn't go to the Super Bowl. No one has done 
what the Chiefs have done over the last five years other than the 14-18 Patriots, and with a win Sunday, they trump that. And the fact that the storylines, all playoffs, have been about the other teams is insulting to the audience and insulting to history. The storyline after the first Dolphins game was it was too f***ing cold for Tua. Shut up. It's professional football. (laughs) The storyline after the Chiefs went into Buffalo and won was that the reason this was the, the game of Josh Allen's entire career with the fewest big plays, zero, and the most passes behind the line of scrimmage, 16, was because the Bills' linebackers were hurt. And the storyline yesterday was, God dog it, the Ravens, they forgot to run the ball. Imagine that. <laughs> they just forgot. Like, there's this thing that it, it so clearly would have worked. Look, guys. It was it worked awesome the three times they did it. And amazingly, just by kismet, they forgot to do it. Oh, the Chiefs got lucky. They got lucky in what? That Legarius Sneed. Throwing bombs because they were mean? they were trying to get it back on the Ravens. You know, they kept throwing those those uh those deep routes and stopping they were trying to get back in the game. I don't think it was something that they exactly. necessarily forgot to do. But yeah, I mean, exactly. I guess it does still boil down to the Chiefs. They're trying them to get back in, in the position. game because the Chiefs were <laughs> right. kicking their ass. They didn't start the game down ten, and then oh, how about Legarius Sneed? First, that was Legarius Sneed. But we'll put Demonte back on camera here if we could. Before the punch out, how about the fact that when Zay Flowers catches that bomb? he gets him down in open space. When Zay Flowers catches the bomb, right before he taunts him, Zay Flowers is one-on-one with Snead to the end zone, and and Snead just got him on the ground, lived to fight another down. And then they get the 15-yard penalty, but they get those yards right back. They get those yards right back, does Baltimore. And Zay Flowers is streaking towards the end zone. And Sneed with a perfect punch and saved seven points. I thought it was impossible that he actually punched that out. Like, I thought he still scored either way. For the record, I did too. I saw that the refs were signaling touchback, and I said, Bomani was there, and we'll talk about that later. Um, I said, I was like, no, I think he, I, I, I said to him, I was like, he definitely fumbled, but I thought he had already broken the plane. That no, was an that was insane. Definitely play of the game. Had to be play of the game. Yeah, I feel it was like. an insane, insane play by Sneed. And so I just and people were like, well, and there's another thing I heard yesterday. Another thing I literally heard yesterday. <laughs> well, you know, we talk about all these big picture things and game plans and this and that, and we talk legacies when in reality, if you're about to if you fumble at the one yard line and the other team gets the ball. You just lose. Except for the fact the Chiefs did that last week and won anyway. They did it last week and won. So you can win. There is a way. Be better. Be better. All right, what's the last follow-up here, Demasi? Uh, The serious one? Um, So what do you think of the Taylor Taylor Swift-based conspiracy theories? 
was the, All right, so this that's, is that's serious. This is my favorite my favorite added bonus of this Chiefs dynasty. It's not only that the Chiefs are so good now. They're driving people crazy. They are they, pretty they, annoying, they're so man. good. They What'd you say? I mean, st- stuff's stuff starting to get a little Stuff starting to get a little annoying. Like I'm, What's and annoying? I'm a I'm a Chiefs ally, and I'm just mm-hmm. I see both sides. I can see how people are, are annoyed by Taylor Swift being shoved down their throat. Travis Kelsey, but, Patrick but she's being not a little though. arrogant. The best kicker. Okay, okay. Well, hold on. All right, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. The Taylor Swift being shoved down their throats. That that's a that's a matter of perspective because Taylor right. Swift has been shown. In all three playoff games, less than Jason Kelsey was shown in the one, and everyone loved what he did. Every everybody loved right. it, and that's and, and that's that's literal. You can check it in the Chiefs Ravens game. Taylor Swift was on camera three and a half seconds longer than f-ing crab cakes were during the broadcast. Check the tape, and nobody's like, "Oh my god." Uh, big seafood pushing this agenda, you know like it so. So it's just it's just nonsense. It's just people that it, it's so. So that's not even what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is the cheat. And as far as Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker, warm up somewhere else, clown. Uh, your greatest kicker ever. That's great. Sorry, buddy. Warm up somewhere else. Like the and In he Baltimore had a great is quote. Crazy. That yeah, the whole field. You're warming up in intentionally <laughs> in the exact spot Mahomes is doing his dropbacks. Like, play dumb games, win dumb prizes, pal. You're going to have your stupid tee and ball thrown aside. by the you, you're, you're trying to poke Mahomes and Kelsey. How'd that work out for you? Oh, yeah, Kelsey's greatest game of his career. So, smart job. Um, also, the I mean, Kelsey, uh, Tr- Tucker had a great quote where he was like, you know, I was just, you know, kind of having fun messing around. They were taking it real serious. Yeah, that's a good microcosm for the whole game. The Chiefs took it quite serious. You guys spent some... Here's a fact. A fact. At some point during the week, leading up to the biggest game the Ravens franchise has ever had in their building, you about to say something there was about some time... Nope. There oh, was okay. some time... During the week of practice, where the Ravens offense was like, all right, guys, real quick, let's choreograph our swag surfing routine. <laughs> I don't know. I would have maybe used that time on ball security. So basically, I don't know, Odell. Zay. Because Zay, so Zay, Zay told us before the game <laughs> that he had a dance planned. And for anyone wondering, why did they do swag surfing? It's because the Baltimore Ravens were mocking the wives and girlfriends of the Kansas City Chiefs. To be very clear, that's what it was. Patrick Mahomes' wife and Taylor Swift in the playoff game in round one did the swag surfing thing and everyone thought it was terrible because it's a couple white girls doing swag surfing and the Ravens decided that's going to be our touchdown dance. We are going to do it to mock them. And so, good. I'm glad you guys had fun. You seemed like a very serious operation this week, given the fact that on the biggest defensive drive of your season, you started out with 12 men on the field. You had everything totally buttoned up, nothing to worry about there, but I'm glad you got your dance routine in. But as I was trying to say, my... You know for sure they were mocking the wives? 
I know I'm for s- absolute certainty that's what they were doing. Because the, the Taylor and Brittany doing the swag yeah, I saw them do against it against the Dolphins. Yeah. What you think right. all of a sudden that just became super popular again? The Ravens no. Zay said before the game, we have something planned. Yeah, it wasn't a coincidence. And listen, they at least they didn't save it. Well, you know what would have really sucked for Baltimore? If they were like, save that for our second touchdown. That'll really get them. Because then they never would have gotten to do it. Because they only got uh, uh, the one touchdown. Uh, uh, to, um, to but point. as I was saying about... Uh, I can't believe... It's not only that the Chiefs are so good, they're driving people crazy. But they have, just by happenstance stumbled upon the hornet's nest of the dumbest and worst people in the world who hate them the most. The folks who were saying that Travis Kelsey is slowing down because he got too many boosters. And uh, Nick, that's a straw man. (laughs) Nope. Uh, A former colleague of mine who is one of the largest syndicated talk show hosts in America and also one of the worst sports betters of all time has that take out there on the record. And the idea, those people who are now trying to convince their gullible, sad audience that Taylor Swift is a psyop by the government to help Joe Biden, chef's kiss. It's just perfect. Dude, it is I just, actually just the, saw the something about that, that this morning for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fact that they that these these damn snake oil salesmen think that they can convince their audience that a tale literally as old as time, which is super popular beautiful girl falls in love with star athlete, had to be orchestrated. By oh, the, the protege of George Tennant. That, uh, guys, this is going to be a tough one. But somehow, we're going to have to thread the needle of the football team that wins more than any team with the best player in the peak of his powers with a super popular charismatic co-star. How are people going to believe that they win again and more? And then to really put it over the top, something we've never heard of before, which is super popular, famous woman falls in love with super popular athlete. Guys, we got over on them when it was Giselle and Tom Brady. They were none the wiser. Let's try it again with Taylor and Travis, you morons. I mean, it's just, and so it's perfect. So it's just absolutely perfect. And so... That's the that's what this last 30 minutes is what I wanted to hear on my podcast today. Shout out to the green light with Chris and Kyle Long. Shout out to First and Pod with Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. They were the closest to it. Reverse shout out to all the other podcasts I listen to, but I don't know. I, I don't want to name names because I there's some I haven't gotten to yet. So I don't know. But that's what it was. All right. So I think we're going to have to redo the rundown a bit. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to get to any of the NBA stuff. So I could speed run it just real quick. 70-point games under this environment are bad for the league. Uh, They are bastardizing the record books. And 
I've never been a guys don't a, care about defense anymore. The last little bit, guys need to buckle down a bit more. We'll talk about that more in the Super Bowl. The NBA. The, I mean, there's, there's, I am, I'm a diehard NBA fan, and I love it. Embiid not playing in Denver. Nobody giving a shit if you give up seventy. It's just, it is. You have Steph and LeBron, who are a combined seventy-five, pouring their hearts out in a double overtime game, continuing to carry this league on their back while nobody else can take the torch. It's awful. I I don't like it. All right, we'll talk Lamar, we'll talk Lions, and we'll talk Demonze's other guy, Brock Purdy. We'll do it all next. What's right? Oh. (laughs) Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. Watch Right with Nick Wright, episode 212, and this episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Winter can be a drag, but thankfully, we've got sports to get us through this part of the year. And if you ask me, nothing goes better like your favorite food and your favorite teams, especially when it's cold out. You got the NFL playoffs, got pro basketball. You can just sit at home, hang out till the temperature finally gets warm. And the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards, whether watching your team with other fans at a local restaurant or in the comfort of your living room. Earn four times points when you dine out or have food delivered. Maybe order a pizza and watch the game on your big screen TV. Plus, earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great. Whether you're staying at home or you're making nachos, whatever you want to do. If you're willing to brave the elements, though, getting to the game can be rewarding. You'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 
$1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply and live every day your way. Limited time offer, credit or an issue of this card's U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? We need to talk about the other team in the Super Bowl, which is something that back in October, I kind of floated the possibility of we can play that for you right now. If people are rooting against me, the way this story is supposed to end is with Brock Purdy out-dueling Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It sounds like heartache. And talk about never a doubt. That'd be hilarious, dude. <laughs> Yeah, so if, and that's what we got. And Purdy, so let's talk about him for a minute. Because Purdy in both of these playoff games has played some level between awful to very poor early on. And then in the first playoff game, had the one drive at the end after playing really poorly the entire game. And then this game had the whole last really quarter and a half from the moment Ayuk caught the ball off Vildor's helmet, the rest of the way, Purdy was excellent. And I was not impressed by per- the Purdy the way some of you wanted me to be when he had the perfect passer rating against Tampa, when he put up some of these great, seemingly flawless games. I thought it was plug-and-play quarterbacking, the likes of which we had seen from Jimmy Garoppolo. I was impressed by the composure he showed in that conference championship game after playing really poorly early. And it wasn't just the composure, but the escapability for him to go along with the scrambling is a really nice weapon that obviously, (coughs) excuse me, that obviously Jimmy Garoppolo never had. And so folks have been waiting and waiting and waiting for me to give Purdy credit. He showed me something in that conference championship game that was more impressive than a 21 of 25 for 280 yards and four touchdowns earlier in the season because he wasn't playing well. And despite that, he seemed to keep his confidence. Now he got away with some, and I think he has gotten... He's been very lucky in multiple spots thus far this postseason, but he's also made some really good athletic plays that I will give him full credit for. And so I'm not trying to shortchange Purdy and the Niners here, but we're going to have the next three shows to talk more about the Super Bowl matchup. And so we're going to do that more then. Also with the Monze having technical difficulties right now, I kind of wanted to get his thoughts on Purdy because that's been his guy off and on throughout the year. So maybe later in the show we'll get to that. If not, we'll do a lot of it on Thursday. Now, back to the Chiefs side of things and the interesting Lamar Jackson conundrum we have right now. And by the way, if you have questions or comments in the chat, we see them. I'll try to get to them in the C block. I'm not going to read them uh, off right now, the but we will we see them. Gabe and our wonderful producers are putting them in the dock, and so I'll get to those some of those in the C block. Uh, Lamar's in a weird spot because there are two numbers 
that are very, very hard to ignore. So Lamar Jackson has, in his career, played 77 regular season games. In those 77 regular season games, the Ravens have never led in two of them. So basically once every two and a half seasons, Lamar has a game where the Ravens trail the whole time. It's it's happened twice in 77 games. Lamar has played six postseason games. That exact scenario, never having the lead once, has happened four times. That is, so something that in the regular season has happened to him, what's two of 80? Two and a half percent of the time in the postseason has happened 67% of the time. That is the first flashing red light. The second one is just as damning. Lamar has played in the playoffs four years in his career. One year they missed, one year he was hurt for the playoffs. Every single one of those years, the Ravens' season low for points in a game was in their playoff game. That's a hard one. For some context there, it has happened to Josh Allen once in five postseason appearances. Mahomes once in, this via Scott Casimir, by the way, once in six playoff appearances. Happened to Peyton Manning four times in 16 playoff appearances. Happened to Brady five times in 20 playoff appearances. For Lamar, it's happened every single time. And so they never just get, you know, beat start to finish in a game, except for in the playoffs where it happens two out of three times, four out of six overall. And every year they have scored their season low for the season in the playoffs. So as much as the monkey got off Lamar's back by that round two great second half, it started to climb back on it a bit by being stuck on seven points for three hours of this game. And by clearly the Chiefs game plan, right or wrong, was... Have Lamar beat us with his arm? We don't think he will. That was their game plan. And I like Lamar, and I think he was the rightful MVP. But you look at Lamar's, think about all the heat Dak Prescott got for falling to 2-5 and in the playoffs, for another playoff stinker after a great regular season. It feels like Lamar now at 2-4 and in the playoffs with... One excellent playoff game to his name, it feels like some of that same heat is going to be there for Lamar. And I don't know what the right answer is. I just know a guy that's as scary as any player in the league in the regular season. Now, every year he's made the postseason, he has not looked the same. I don't think people would be saying this if they had lost 31-28. But the fact that this game was 17-7, the whole second half, essentially, 
and the Chiefs did nothing but punt in the second half, and it didn't matter because Baltimore, and yes, I understand they you had the Zay Flowers fumble at the one, but you also had the Lamar strip sack early and the terrible pass into triple coverage when they didn't they weren't in desperation mode yet. Those things are gonna cause some eyebrow raising. And then the other big story from this weekend is Dan Campbell's fourth down decisions. And this is just going to be another example of, I think, people missing the actual story. So, full disclosure, even though I'm, I you know, analytics inclined, and I'm aware that part of the Lions' reasoning on going for those two fourth downs in the fourth in the second half was their kicker's not good. Bad, they've had kicking issues all year. Badgley is around fifty percent on more, from more than forty five yards. They there's those were not a lock three points, and it was not in conflict. Kicking the field goal at the end of the first half is a totally different spot because the one scenario where kicking a field goal inside the five sometimes makes total sense is if it is in the very final seconds of the first half because one of the reasons that you go for touchdowns inside the five is if you miss it, they're going to be backed up. You can either get a safety or get the ball back in great field position. Before the half, that doesn't matter. So those weren't in conflict. With all that said, the one fourth down decision that I would have done differently was up 14 midway through the third because I do believe psychologically getting back up three scores would have getting the difference between 14 and 17 is more than three points. I guess the point I would make is I feel like psychologically there is a much bigger gap for the Niners between. 14 and 17 than there is between 17 and 21. I think the edge of you're down three scores and you have to change your game plan, get a little more nervous, all of that, I would have kicked that one field goal. But that's a judgment call. That is not worth, I mean, that is just, you make a tough decision, you live with the results. The thing Dan Campbell did that he has since now admitted was a mistake, but is... And honestly, just as horrendous a coaching error as one can make was burning that third timeout or that first timeout with a minute left after the goal line run on third down. And I don't, I, Greg Olson did a good job talking about what a problem it was, but I don't think it was, it. people understand what a disaster that timeout was. If you have all three timeouts, if you get a stop, you are getting the ball back. 15 seconds after the other team's possession starts, you're getting the ball back. Because the NFL has changed the onside kick to where it is impossible, you have to treat getting in an onside kick game as we lose. You have to treat the onside kick like... If we are kicking an onside kick, we have lost the game. The probabilities are so low. 
which means if you have third and goal from the two with a minute left in all three timeouts, you are honest to God, better off, and this is obvious, kicking the field goal and being down seven and keeping your timeouts than what they did, which is scoring the touchdown but using a timeout. The moment you use a timeout, the game's over. You have lost. That, that, that was it. And so leaving it up for chance that I, if we don't get this run, we're going to have to call timeout, that, that was the grievous error. That was the mistake you cannot make. It is so much worse than the judgment calls on fourth down. You, Once you're inside two minutes trailing multiple scores, the timeouts are actually more valuable than touchdowns if you're down 10 or less. the If you're down 9, 10, 11, the timeouts are what you must prioritize. Now, you could argue that Baltimore or and Detroit, both of them, on their last, what ended up being their last drives of the game, should have, the moment they were in field goal range, kicked the field goal to make it a one-score game and keep their timeouts. But certainly, you can't put yourself in position to burn one. And everyone gets so caught up on the fourth down stuff, they miss the fact that you getting yourself in an onside kick game is losing. You've lost. The game's over. If you have all three times, if they had, so just for the sake of argument, let's say they threw incomplete on third down and then kicked the field goal on fourth or went for it and got it on fourth, whatever. You're down three or seven, kicking off with one minute left. If you have all three timeouts and you get the stop, you're getting the ball back with 40 seconds left. You have a chance. Instead, you use a timeout. You, of course, don't get the onside kick game over. All right, we'll answer your questions. Take a quick break, answer your questions, and read your comments next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash Nick right 
50 and use code Nick Wright 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Nick Wright 50 at factormeals.com slash Nick Wright 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Uh, we'll get to your listener questions right now. Big Seafood asked. Anyone hungry for a new single? I think this is our producers trolling me a bit. Let me see what it says. Oh, it's Taylor's new single, Cake It Off. Buy it now at Big Seafood. That's well done. That's well done kind of with, you know, no planning. With they, that, that was done on the fly. Uh, Echo Ramos asks, how does it feel having your 50-1 to 1 Super Bowl bet last year actually come to fruition this year? Ah, I'm over it from last year. And last year's Super Bowl couldn't have gone any better. But yeah, I mean, I've thought about it. That I was Niners-Chiefs last year, and now it ends up being Niners-Chiefs this year. DR says, all this outside noise surrounding the Chiefs, guess who has no outside noise? The Niners. Yeah, not yet. Uh, here's the thing. The, the media is not going to be able to help themselves. And they're going to really, really try to turn Brock Purdy into a combination of Joe Montana uh, and Tom Brady. And I'm going to be really interested in how he handles it for the Super Bowl. We know how Mahomes is going to handle it. Grayson Schultzman says, Will Mahomes have a Jordan-like not letting anyone eat effect on the great quarterbacks in the AFC? All right, reminder, the no one ate on Jordan's watch thing is a myth. Unless no one just means Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, and Reggie Miller. Because the following people all won titles during Jordan's career. Kareem, Magic, Larry, Isaiah, Akeem, Duncan, Robinson, Shaq, Kobe. All the great players ate on Jordan's watch, except for, of course, Ewing, Barkley, and Reggie. Oh, and Carmelo. I shouldn't, sorry, my bad. Carmelo and John Stockton obviously are on that list. My apologies. Uh, I Here's what I think. Ruffs, if you're in the AFC, you've got to be sick that they went seamlessly from the Patriots to the Chiefs. The Patriots made the AFC title game every single year from 2011 to 2018, and in that time frame, they made five Super Bowls. The other three Super Bowls were played in by the Denver Broncos and Peyton and the Baltimore Ravens and Joe Flacco from the AFC side of things. In 2018, the Chiefs and Patriots played each other in the conference championship game. The Chiefs then took the baton, if you will. Uh, They've now been in every conference championship game since then and been in every Super Bowl but one. So in the last 13 years in the AFC, Brady made five Super Bowls, Mahomes has made four, Peyton made two, and Flacco and Burrow both made one. Uh, Robert Rimson says, Nick, did you really turn up the TV while Bomani was telling a story to someone else? Yes, and I'd do it again. But, but I told Bomani before he came over, Bomani Jones with me for the game. He brought a buddy of his, and my buddy Josh was at the game, was w- with us as well. And I told him before the game, there's only conversation has to be about the game. And at one point during the AFC title game, Bomani was talking about something that was not the Chiefs Ravens game. And I, I did like a, what quarterbacks do to crowds. I did that because I was crouching in front of the TV. They didn't listen to me, so I turned the TV up. I have no apologies. This is a very important moment, and I didn't want to be distracted. 
Uh, and I mean, that was, I don't even think Bomani was offended at one point. Bomani went downstairs and hung out with Deanna, who he likes more than me anyway, seemed to have a good time. Danielle and Deanna made nachos. Everyone had a great time, but I'm not, we're not talking about things that aren't football during playoff games, certainly during conference championship games. What are we talking about? We're civilized people. All right, apologies for the technical errors. We'll try to get them squared away. Great job, Demonze, even though it was only half a show. We will see you guys today. Big day. I get to go yell at Colin and J-Mac in about 90 minutes on the herd. Then we have first things first. Then I'm going on Colin's podcast later today. Talk to you guys later. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.